0: Mandy Kay, and you are listening to the Find Your Calling podcast, and I am so happy to have you joining me today. Ah, beautiful. So as I was walking by the river the other day, I was considering what is going to be my podcast episode this week, and it emerged to discuss being or embodying the change we wish to see in the world. I know many of us are continuing to look on at the great warmongering that the U.S. is pursuing with Israel. And it can be hard to imagine a world where there is peace, global peace. And yet each of us has a contribution to make to that. And it was the Dalai Lama that said that we will never obtain peace in the outer world until we have peace within ourselves. And this really held me through my great healing journey And it was Gandhi who said, be the change you wish to see in the world. It's so cliched, you see it around everywhere. And it really is a philosophy that I try to live by in my own life. So I wanted to just share a little bit more about that journey to arrive at greater peace and love within myself and support you in your own journey because we are here to express love love for ourselves and love for one another like we are shiny bright loving beings at our core and we're here to learn to embody and express that love in all of its various shapes and forms in our life and yet all of us carry pain and some kind of trauma whether that's little t trauma or big t trauma from childhood or from our lives that impacts us that shuts our heart down that shuts us off from being that beautiful loving peaceful kind being that we are at our core so let's just dive into that a little bit more hey because yeah my own journey has been it's been a big one I spent my teenage years and my 20s really lost in a lot of pain, a lot of resentment, a lot of blame and a lot of self-destructive behaviours. I often joke now, it's very easy to joke in hindsight on the other side of the healing journey, (laughs) but I often joke about, I just jump from one addiction to another. And generally that's what addictions will do until you learn to sit with pain and your feelings and until that point when you're not ready to sit with feelings and you want to numb yourself and distract yourself and soothe yourself then yeah my experience was addictions just jump from one to the other so for me that looked like different drugs alcohol cigarettes compulsive exercise um i'm sure i'm missing some in there Oh, yes, uh, busyness, workaholism, and I also had a 16-year eating disorder. I had bulimia. So, yeah, it was a lot, and I found that I so deeply wanted to make a difference in the world. I wanted to find my way of being a positive force for change, and yet when I look at it in hindsight, I can see that while I was out there, you know, doing these things that were directly contributing in some way, I myself was not fully embodying the change that I wanted to see in the world because I was still reacting and I was still, you know, reacting out of pain and trauma and it was no coincidence that when I was at a point where I deeply wanted to follow my purpose, that my soul led me on a big healing journey, which was that point, if you've listened to the podcast, and if you haven't, you can listen to episode one and for the whole story. But it was the point at which I really got still enough to hear that guidance that said, go and learn Reiki in Byron Bay. And I ended up from serendipity living off the grid in a forest and I sometimes look at that time going that felt like a healing sanctuary. I was there for almost four years but I spent the first year not working. I really dove in to healing. That was the point at which I got sober, gave up drugs and moved away from all of my partying crew which really helped and also healed from my eating disorder. And, you know, I'd love to give you this very clear prescription of like, if you're on a healing journey, this is what you need to do. But it's personal and individual for each and every one of us. And the most important thing is for you to get connected to What is it that you are being called to do? And having the courage to face what pain it is that you have been avoiding and get the support to face it and process it and to learn to sit with it because that will hinder your ability to express love more fully to yourself and to others. And when I look particularly at The years, like 16 years with an eating disorder, like that 16 years of a great battle with myself, with my body, with my thoughts, being so unloving, so unkind, so harsh with myself. And I had to relearn to have a loving relationship with myself and with my body and make peace with all of that and arrive at a more peaceful, kind place within myself and my body that accepted myself more fully, that accepted who I was, that accepted how my body looked, even though it was contrary to what society told me a beautiful body looks like, and learn to treat myself with the utmost love and care and respect. And I often reflect on that journey as coming home to myself and in my body. And I now believe so fully that respecting and loving our bodies is a spiritual practice. Think about it. Our bodies are our spiritual home for this life. We are souls having this human experience, and we put on these temporary physical bodies in which to journey through this physical plane. And I now see and appreciate that being in my body, being loving towards my body, feeding my body nourishingly, like being good to it, exercising it, moving it, and really feeling what it is to be in the body is spiritual. And it took me a bit to arrive at that because I think often when we think about spirituality, it can be that like ascended, ethereal, like, then I'm just having a good time with the angels and the light and actually my experience is like it's the getting into the body and really anchoring the 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 spirit into the full body experience which means yeah feeling the pain feeling the emotions like yeah being so present to the experience of being human and i think that's what is serving me to really bear witness to what is occurring in Palestine and not shy away from it. Gabba Mate talked about how the healing process increases our capacity to hold pain. And I can really see that now, how up until that healing journey in the forest and diving into being with myself, that up until that point, I was just trying to avoid the pain. I'd drink it away. I would have big benders and take drugs and also abuse myself with food and purging. And it was all in a way to avoid pain. And I, I want to say that if you are using any of these methods to avoid pain, please hold yourself with utmost compassion. I do. I. This isn't about adding extra layers of judgment or guilt or shame onto us. Like it's absolutely natural. We can go into survival mode when we've got unresolved trauma and pain. And it's very natural to then find those easy ways to soothe ourselves. And I, yeah, I discovered all of those things as a teenager that would help soothe me. I was like, oh great, this makes me better. And I was grieving my father and, there was a a whole lot of unresolved stuff that had occurred and yeah my teenage self discovered those things that made me feel better and of course I just carried on with it and it's so socially accepted to drink like well in Australia it is like we are such a big drinking culture and I know that there are some people who can have a drink and to leave it. I know that this isn't unequivocal that, you know, everybody who drinks is drinking to, you know, mask their pain. But it's an individual journey to be honest with yourself about what is it that you use to avoid feeling what it is that you're feeling. And I haven't even mentioned social media, but that's certainly something that is so common these days and you know i can i can fall into the trap of it myself and yeah it's really starting to look at what is it that we're wanting to avoid and that's what the healing journey is because it's in the facing towards those parts of ourselves the shadows that we can fully express our love. And it seems contradictory, doesn't it? It's like, well, hang on a minute. I should just be avoiding all of those dark, murky, painful, awful parts of myself so I can just embody the loving part. But actually it's, this doesn't work like that because when we're not integrating those parts of ourselves and and then they come out, that's the reaction. Like I was so reactionary. My mum still sometimes I think looks at me as that very, you know, irritable, angry girl... And I don't blame her because she knew me for quite a long time as that person. And also, like, that's the thing. If you ever want to get an indication of how you're going in the journey of (laughs) embodying the change that you wish to see, just go home and spend time with family or spend time with people who knew you when you were a different version of yourself and people who trigger you and then just see where you're at on the journey. I use my mom. Like, I love you, mom. If you're listening to this podcast, I adore you. I really, really love and respect you. But yeah, there were things about what she would do and what she would say that would feel deeply hurtful to me. And these days, I find myself just being able to hold a place of non reaction most of the time to things and not unravel internally in response to things that she's doing or saying and it gives me this good kind of temperature gauge of where I'm at because it's very easy to embody the change we want to see when we're just hanging out with all the people that we love and we have a lot of fun with (laughs) it's like put us into the territory where we're being challenged put us into the comment section of people who are disagreeing with what we might be saying or putting out there in the world and this is when we get to practice it and it's not a a one-time process as I'm sure you can imagine and it's like I said it's such an individual journey that we all go on but you will be directed to what it is that you need so On my healing journey, there were just so many people and therapists and modalities that supported me and I would use that inner guidance to show me what is it that I needed to do in that moment or where is it that I needed to go? What workshop was it that I needed to do? Some of the things that have been deeply helpful for me. Of course, healing my biochemistry was a really fundamental part of recovering from an eating disorder. And there is so much more about that out there in the world now. I love seeing how people are talking about serotonin and dopamine and beta endorphins. But yeah, the Kathleen from Radiant Recovery was a huge mentor for me. And as was the work of Julia Ross in healing through amino acid therapy. But I sat in therapy sessions. I found personally talk therapy did not touch the sides of when I was in, you know, the throes of my eating disorder and addiction. However, what I would say is that even when something looks like it hasn't worked, that it's one piece of the puzzle that is contributing to the entire journey that you are on towards yeah, embodying greater amounts of love for yourself and for others and embodying a greater peace with yourself and with others and this life that we're leading. And so, yeah, even then I go, oh, well, talk therapy I didn't find very helpful, but actually I'm sure it did help to bring a level of self-awareness to myself and my behavior. So even though it wasn't curbing my behavior, it did help me become more aware of it. But modalities like, yeah, gosh, so many things like Reiki, <laughs> the emo- free, emotional freedom technique, family constellation work. I loved like those workshops I found so helpful. I did a lot of past life regressions, a lot of voice dialogue, experiential astrology was also really key. I'll put the links in the show notes to Daniel Sowellew. He does experiential astrology. You may not have ever heard of it, but it's not like actual astrology. I always described it like a cross between family constellation work and primal therapy, but I've done primal therapy with a therapist. Like I really just dove in to face the things that were most painful and to find the practitioners that I felt safe with to express them. And now I'm finding that this is really serving me so well through this very intense time because I'm no longer avoiding the painful feelings that come up in response to the things that I've been witnessing in Palestine I can sit with the waves as they emerge and even if you're not deeply looking at Palestine, I know that there will be things in your own life or the causes that are deeply connected to your heart that give rise to these painful feelings when you're really looking at the world and and how different it is to what we truly want it to be. And yeah, they're waves. What I've noticed now is feelings come in waves when we allow them. So I can sit and I can feel them and I can cry and wail and pray and sometimes scream into a pillow and shake my body out. There is so much that we can process when we just allow it to move through, but When I was in that experience of avoiding through addictions, I was not able to be present to that. I would just want to numb it. So... I really hope that me sharing openly and honestly one gives you the inspiration to continue with wherever you are on your healing journey. So certainly when I had my final relapse of my eating disorder – I really didn't know whether I was going to make it through. I certainly had moments of thinking that it would be easier to just kill myself because I just didn't know how I was going to get out of it. I felt so controlled and uncontrollable around it. And yet here I am, you know, I am free from it and free not only from the behavior of controlling my food and purging but actually loving myself. I remember a friend that I knew who also had struggled with an eating disorder. She was a little bit older than me and she had said to me at one point, I just don't think you ever recover. I think this is just going to be something I always live with. And I certainly think that there is some element of truth to that where it's like, I know that I need to be so mindful of the habits that I have and the routines that I have each and every day to keep myself well and to keep myself balanced. But I'm not in conflict with my body anymore. I honestly love my body and I think it's awesome. And it's so amazing to me because the last relapse that I had, which was in 2010, it was prompted because I did this intense 12 week fitness challenge where I was like, I'm going to get the perfect body. And I went and I pummeled myself with like a huge amount of training and then this restrictive diet. And sure I made it into this magazine showing my body transformation, but I relapsed into bulimia into such an epic way. And the most amazing, astounding thing to me is that I am the same size now, or a little bit bigger than I was before I started that fitness challenge. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, you poor thing, Mandy, thinking that you needed to go and do that to yourself to like sort your life out properly. It's like, oh my God, I'm just so happy with my body and who I am these days. And I am still not perfect. I still suffer from perfectionism. I still suffer from people pleasing. I worry way too much what other people think about me. Like we are never done with this journey towards our bravest, best self. So I don't want you to get this impression. (laughs) I feel like I'm fully healed and whole. That is not the truth of it. But I do believe the work that I have put in and the work I continue to put in every day To have those really solid routines, like I have a very solid morning routine where I'm not jumping on my phone first thing. I'm spending that time meditating, feeding myself a good breakfast, journaling, praying. Like I try and get outside each day. I try and move my body in ways that are joyful. There are things that I know that I need and that really help me stay centered and sane in an increasingly insane looking world and giving me the capacity to not react and to be the change that I want to see in the world. So, yeah, what is it that you are called to do? You know, what's the next step on your own healing journey to be able to express more love to yourself and to others? And if you're not sure exactly what the next right step is for you on your own healing journey, then pray for guidance. Proclaim, I am ready for the next step and the next stage on my healing journey. Show me the way. Show me what it is that I need to look at. What is it that I need to do? And have the courage to follow through with that. call it the path of the brave for a reason because it does take courage and bravery to step towards those parts of ourselves that to step towards those parts of yourself that you may have been avoiding but there is just so much beauty at the other side of the process even though going through it can be quite confronting and painful but it's really worth the journey. And remember, it, it's not just this outward thing. It's like, how are you treating yourself? How are you showing up to yourself? How are you caring for yourself? And then how are you doing that for others as well? Oh, I really wanted to talk. We'll do a whole episode on forgiveness. But I had to say, I listened to this beautiful near-death experience by this man. And he talked about how forgiveness is forgiving love. I was like, I've never heard anyone say it like that, but it's so beautiful, right? Of course, forgiveness is forgiving love to others. And that's another big part of this whole journey is how do we forgive? How do we forgive ourselves for the things that we've done in the past? And that includes how we've treated ourselves and also how do we forgive others? But yeah, that's a whole nother big subject. So for today, I want you to consider what is it that you're being called to do to express more love to yourself or to others? And go and do that and know that you are truly contributing to the change we wish to see in the world. All right. I love you. Have a beautiful week and I'll talk to you again soon.